0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Amen. Uh, Church praying and hoping that that time of worship for you um, you encountered the presence of the Lord where you were at with your found family, and even though it was a different experience, you just listening right now, that the Lord met you and you were able to enter his courts with praise. Um, you know, with so much going on, right, and things changing, even it seems like hour by hour, and all the far-reaching implications that all of this has, or who even... Knows how what it will affect and how long this will go on for as Christians and as followers of Jesus, you might be wrestling with a few questions, or I think that we, we should be if we haven't already. And they're questions like, well, as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, what is our place in this? Right? What's our role in it? How should we both be responding personally? Um, how we should be reacting to it as followers of Jesus, but also practically, what are we supposed to be doing? And praise be to God that we're not left alone to find these things out for ourselves, but God, through His Word, reveals it to us. Like, we're not having to come up with something uh, or discover our place or our roles or how we should respond on our own, But God has preserved His Word for us that we have readily available. So thankful for that. And what the Word of God does for us, why we dedicate and spend a big chunk of our time weekly in it, is it's a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. It gives us wisdom and insight. In it, we see the character and the heart of God. But also what the Bible does and what it has in it, it contains detailed historical accounts of how other men and women before us have navigated times just like these. That's why it is truly incredible gift from God that in the midst of so much changing, that there's been so much stability in us being able to be in the book of Acts and not change that, that God saw it fit that we're in this five-part series at the end of Acts chapter 2, and it's the very section of Scripture that God has us camping out in. It's the description of the inception and the forming of the first church, like the early church. That's that's the book of Acts. It's it's Jesus has ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit falls upon the church, and God uses ordinary, sinful, messed up people like you and I to do extraordinary things in some uh, very tumultuous times. The church encounters incredible persecution. Um, there's a lot going on, but we get uh, the blueprints in the book of Acts specifically in the end of Acts 2 where we're at of what it looks like for the church to be the church. And if there's ever a question, like we need to know that like what should the church be doing? How should we re- be responding? What is our role? What is our place? And we are in week four of this five part series that we planned even before this that looks at the practices, the rhythms, and the role of the early church. And so far, we've seen that the church is a community that learns, it's a community that gathers, and it's a community that shares. And today, What we want to do this morning is we're going to be highlighting that the church is a community that remembers. So what I want to do is read this section of scripture to remind us of what's happening. So if you have a Bible, uh, open up to Acts 2, 42 through 47. Word of God says this, Acts 2, 2, uh, 2, 42 through 47. It says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, so once again, we see that after Jesus ascends to heaven, right? the Holy Spirit falls on the church, the early church, then creatively gathers in these spaces, large and small spaces. Uh, But these are spaces that they had within their means to do exactly what we're doing today. These are the means by which we have to gather. But they did this and we do this in order that we can partake in these practices, rhythms, and really spiritual disciplines that cultivate and foster connection with our God and with one another. We see this here in the book of Acts, right? They studied God's word. At that time, it was the Torah. It was the Old Testament. And they heard the apostles expand upon what the implications were for the gospel in their lives. This, you know, since then, we have the the New Testament now for us to read, but... They read the Word of God. They taught the Word of God. They expanded upon what the gospel meant for their lives. They also modeled generosity, right? They they, they brought their needs um, before one another, and they met those needs radically. And there was radical generosity being modeled in the early church. And next week, we're going to look at uh, how they worshiped and how they prayed, But today, I want to highlight this idea of breaking bread. We see it two times, verse 42 and verse 46. And in one sense, it's simply sharing a meal and eating together. That's a very simple, straightforward reading. Because right in Middle Eastern culture, this was something very intimate and friendly and hospitable and warm to do. When you ate across from someone at a table. It usually was for a long time. There was no rush. There was no, you know, quick, let's get the check and go. This was a time to connect and pause and be in each other's company. And it really brought people together and it created space to be with one another. And right in Hawaii, we do this really well. I'm proud of that, and I like to eat food, but food at any gathering is a bringing together of people. It's that or coffee, right? We're good at that, too. We drink a lot of coffee, so, so do I. But food is something that gathers and brings people together. And even culturally for us here and now, what we love to do is um, be at a home or a park or a beach, and we bring food, and we just like to hang out and talk story with each other, And um, it's all over food. And we've we've got this down good, right? It's a vibrant part of our culture for us, and it it was a vibrant part of their culture as well 2,000 years ago here in Jerusalem in our setting in the book of Acts. But for them in these settings, at this time culturally, there was more to it than just eating good food and talking story. You see... It was in these intimate home meals among believers that traditionally this would be the setting in which communion was taken together. It was in these intimate home-style meals together that they actually broke bread and they took communion. And uh, if you remember, our timeline here in the scripture we just read at the second chapter of Acts is days, maybe weeks, maybe months, but not any longer, after Jesus' ascension. It's not long. And that was only 40 days after the cross. Right? So this is period that Jesus died, he rose again, he appeared before the multitudes, a 40-day period. He ascended, the Holy Spirit fell on the church. This is where we are in our text. So not long ago, On the eve of the cross, just before the cross, Jesus sat down with his disciples for an intimate, home-style meal, much like we see here happening all the time in Acts 2. And this actually was the Passover meal. And the Passover meal being a meal to remember and recall the way in which God had saved Israel, their nation, their people, from God's judgment, back all the way back in Exodus chapter 12. And I want you to take note of something. This Passover meal that Jesus was having with his disciples was one of remembrance for the people of Israel. And as they ate, each and every part of the meal pointed back to how God had rescued them. And at this particular Passover meal with Jesus and his closest followers, which we now call the Last Supper because it was the last meal which Jesus ate with his disciples before his death. For the first time at this very meal, this very particular meal, Jesus institutes a new practice, a new symbolic practice to remind them of something that had not yet come. This something was his own death upon this cross. And this practice is what we call communion, or the Eucharist, or the bread and the cup, or commonly the Lord's Supper. But again, the practice of taking communion here in Acts and throughout the history of the Church, and what we'll actually do here today, is actually part of a larger narrative in Scripture when it comes to remembering the works of God. This is a part of a larger story. It always is, and even now, in the midst of this bombardment of media, right? This info that like is coming at us, like everything, every post, everything you read, changing all the time. Some bombardment and accompany uh, accompanied with our own feelings that come along with that, perhaps fear or anxiety or worry. We can fall into the trap of failing to remember who God is and the great and mighty things that he's done for us in the past. Guys, we have to admit that we're really susceptible to this right now. Like we're in danger of just getting so overwhelmed and taken at circumstances. We fail to remember who God is and what he's done. And this isn't only the case for us. This has plagued the people of God since the start of time, right? If you are familiar, even briefly, with the Old Testament, unfortunately, this is one of the main things that defines the people of God. I wish it was something else, but it's uh, what would define them, at least in the top three, the top five, is actually uh, their failure to remember what God had done for them. Right, there's countless stories of this in the in the Old Testament of when Israel, God's people, they would encounter obstacles or enemies or hardship and in the face of those things. When they encountered those things, when that's what happened in life, it, it brought hardship, they were so quick to forget all that God had done prior. And they, they, honestly, they, they failed to recall the incredible ways in which God had provided for them and carried them in way more difficult situations than they were encounter, encountering presently. And I would say that the book of Exodus sums this up really well. And This is actually the very book that we just got done studying. And so it may be fresh in your minds and this may actually trigger... The entire story of Exodus here for you, but as a way of reminder, the people of Israel had it really, really bad. Um, They were enslaved for 400 plus years. They were tortured. Um, The cruel punishment was happening to them, and there was systematic slavery for generations. This is in Egypt, the time of Exodus. The people of Israel are enslaved. And you know, the story of Exodus is God miraculously frees them, uh, a whole nation, from slavery. It's so amazing. 400 years of slavery is ended. I mean, if there's ever a time for celebration, if there's ever a bigger thing that's happened, it's, it's what God did to God's people in the book of Exodus. But after he frees them, right, he parts the Red Sea right? Can't forget that. Like a whole nation, about two and a half million people pass on dry land through um, the Red Sea, right? As kids, our kids even right now, like we know the story of when God parted the Red Sea and miraculously freed his people. But days after this, and I, and I mean actual days after God leads them out of this whole miraculous story, they get hungry and they get thirsty. And they literally lose it. Like they, they lose it. They question God. They throw out all that had just happened due to their current situation. I mean it was even down to the hunger of their belly and they for they forgot all about the Red Sea. They forgot about all about how God had 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 freed them from 400 years. And this actually becomes a habit for them, a theme in which their circumstances um, that doesn't go well, or even when they encounter real tragedy and real hardship, they succumb very quickly to the outside realities and allow the feelings that come from those circumstances to crush them. Right, and their misstep there in, in every one of those. Their misstep was to remember who God was and what he had done for them. And because they didn't do this, what it led them to was it led them into fear and despair and ultimately ruin. Church. Let me grab your attention for a second. (laughs) Reality family. If there is ever a lesson for us to grab hold of, it's this one. We cannot let our current circumstances, as bad as they are, or even what will be of them, we cannot let our current circumstances lead us, dictate our actions and our thoughts. Guys, we have to be honest. It is so easy, and I'm sure a lot of us have done it. It's so easy to go down really dark rabbit holes quickly, with the power that we have with our smartphones. Like, what's in our pockets, readily available, that I'm sure we're checking more than ever before. Like, it's so easy to forget who God is and what He's done for us. And there is no more potent of a time than to learn from the mistakes of those that came before us. Like, we cannot afford to be like Israel and forget... All of God's goodness, of his character, his heart, and his previous actions towards us right now. Like, we cannot afford to forget it. Like, we have to be intentional to recall and remember who God is and what he's done. That is the only way that we're going to get through this. Like that's the only way that we're going to get strength and and have perseverance and, and sanity. And if you are hearing any of this, the volume's low, turn it louder. If you're taking notes, write this down. Listen to this. God's past track record is our future assurance. Let me say it again. God's past track record is our future assurance. Church, you know what God's past track record is like? What his history is with humanity? It's perfectly faithful. He has always provided. He's always comforted. He's always reached for us. He's always loved us. And he's always been there. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And think about this, when someone in our own lives, when we would say they have a good track record, like when we think of their life and either they have a good reputation, maybe they have good follow through, or they have proven themselves over time, what that does for you and I is it gives us trust in that person, right? So going forward, what we should and can expect from them pretty much should be the same things that have happened. Like, they're going to come through. Yep, Uh, I'm going to expect to see what I saw before, and we're going to believe going forward that we're going to get the same type of stuff. Okay, so with God, He has been perfect, right? Completely dependable and reliable and faithful. So, despite what tomorrow brings, or how long we have to stay in our homes, or how bad this whole thing gets, we can fully trust, without a doubt, that in Christ, key operative word there, in Christ, because of who God is, we're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because in Christ, we'll be strengthened. In Christ, we'll be cared for. In Christ, we'll be provided for. And in Christ, we... Have hope. And now that doesn't mean that we don't feel, right? It's not wrong to feel, not at all. We all do, we're all there. But our feelings don't define us or direct us or lay the foundation of our lives. Like in Christ, we can take our feelings to Him and He can actually carry and sustain us in our feelings, like while we're not doing okay because of who God is, he can carry us. He can sustain us. He can care for us. He can protect us. He can provide for us. And these believers in these homes some 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts, they knew this to be true. They knew too well the story of, of their forefathers, their descendants, their people, Israel. They knew that they had been susceptible to forget, to recall, and remember God's track record. They knew this to be true, and they knew unless they were intentional to set up spiritual disciplines and practices to remember God's perfect love that was poured out for them primarily through God sending His Son upon the cross, they knew that they, if they did not regularly remember how God demonstrated His love for them upon the cross through Christ, they knew that if they didn't do so, they would depart. They couldn't hang. They wouldn't make it. They wouldn't make it if they didn't remember who their God was and what He had done for them. And so what we see, even over the last 2,000 years, throughout every country, with every people, in every language, through every war, through every plague and disease that has riddled this world, through whatever has happened, the Orthodox Church has held tightly to partaking of the Lord's Supper of taking communion together. That is one thing that the test of time has not done away with. There's nothing that has come and that will come that has not stopped the church from gathering to remember the cross. And so, they did this. The church has done this through the test of time so that they would never fail and fall, excuse me, into the trap of forgetting what their God had done for them, right? Communion is recalling God's faithfulness, and that very faithfulness was the thing in which carried them, right? Recalling God's faithfulness is what is going to carry us here and now, today, on this Sunday morning, on the Monday morning tomorrow, on this month that follows what happens in our world. The way in which we are going to be sustained is to recall God's faithfulness in what he's done for us and what he's doing and what he will do. So church, we are going to continue on in this practice. We are going to remember what Jesus did for us upon the cross, Right, that he forgave our sin, that he saved us, that he has given us hope and we do this by taking communion exactly what Jesus did at that last supper on the Passover meal, exactly what the the early church did house to house. We do it now house to house, from my house to your house, with your roommates, with your family, with your friends um church. I want to invite you into that and so again, if you have the elements, if you have the bread uh or the cracker or wine and juice, I want to have you get those ready right now run to the kitchen whatever it is get those get share with uh who you have with you in your midst right now and uh i want to read from luke 22 uh, verses 14 through 22 and this is luke's gospel account again remember luke is the writer of the book of acts this is his account of the gospel and this is uh specifically of the passover meal the lord's supper for us this morning For when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Speaking of the cross. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning uh, is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and he gave it to disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So as we take communion together, let's remember the cross. Let's remember who our God is and how much he loves us and what he's done for us. God it is so easy and we're and we're it's even hard to say but it's so easy just to forget you in the midst of all this to forget your goodness to forget your grace and your love. And God, I pray that even now and as the days go forward that we would be a community that remembers that we would not fail to recall what you've done for your people over the course of time that you would not that we would not forget our, our even our own testimonies even the ways in which you've saved us and redeemed us holy spirit we ask that those things would come to our minds right now your promises and your goodness that despite our fear and our anxiety and our stress and our worry that we would be bombarded with your faithfulness right now that we would cling, that we would hold on to your faithfulness. And even now, Father, as we worship you, we ask that we would respond in praise and adoration because you are worthy of praise. You are worthy to be praised and sung about and glorified for who you are and what you've done. Thank you for this time. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.